Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, August 8th, 547 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down six and a half at 603 and a half. November soybeans down a half cent at 1408 and a quarter. September Chicago wheat down 12 and a quarter at 763 and a half. September Kansas City wheat down 14 and a half at 833 and three quarters. September spring wheat down seven and a half at 879. I hope you guys had a nice weekend. If you are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review on that Apple app in particular. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like these videos. Leave me a comment. Uh, let me know if you caught some of those rains over the weekend. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. That email has a ton of info in it. Uh, all of the recent subscribers only videos are included in there uh, every overnight headline charts graphics weather info and then of course uh, the subscriber only videos are the most popular part of this thing uh, far and away I did another mailbag video on Friday and these are probably my favorite videos to produce honestly um, I get questions from subscribers that come in and I'll answer all of them uh, in one of these videos so I think we had five or six grain marketing specific questions uh, in Friday's video what's which uh, crop should I store corner soybeans that was one of the questions and I think there were a handful of other others. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise. Uh, let's start off with the weather. So some areas of the Corn Belt did uh, really well in terms of rains over the weekend. Uh, Northern Iowa into, say, East Central Iowa, uh, this northwestern portion of Illinois, southwestern portion of Wisconsin, southern Minnesota, some parts of, uh, say, eastern South Dakota. Some of those areas saw two inches, three inches, four inches, up to maybe six inches of rain locally over the last 72 hours. So if you're in that band, you did really well. And even some other areas of Iowa, Illinois, South Dakota, I mean, a whole bunch of places saw lighter rains over the weekend. Uh, southern Iowa was dry. The southern uh, say two-thirds of Illinois was mostly dry. Some of the eastern areas, Indiana, Ohio, caught some rain. Kentucky was wet. Uh, parts of Tennessee were wet. Um, Nebraska, scattered stuff. Kansas, pretty much dry. Oklahoma, pretty much dry. North Dakota with some light rains. So this was not a bad uh, weekend at all in terms of rainfall. And we do have a little bit more on the radar this morning. Some rains moving across northern Illinois here early this morning. A little bit here in this uh, Missouri Illinois border area, kind of a band over parts of southern Iowa, a little bit in Ohio, and then way up north in northern Wisconsin into uh, uh, northern Michigan, rather, into uh, northern uh, uh, parts of Canada, places like that. So uh, weekend rain's pretty good. Now, the next seven days is is not going to be great. And, and the problem area, the big problem area this year is the southern plains. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, parts of Nebraska have been very, very hot, very, very dry, and no more rains, uh, no rains expected for those areas here over the next week. Same thing for South Dakota, North Dakota, most of Iowa, most of Illinois dry over the next seven days. So the next seven days really doesn't look too good in terms of uh, rainfall, and the heat is going to persist, especially in the plains. You're going to be above normal in terms of temperatures on average over the next seven days. Uh, your six to 10 day map indicates odds of again uh, below, no, 
below normal precipitation, above normal temperatures. Same thing for the 8 to 14. So uh, a lot of variation here in terms of rainfall, who caught the rains, who didn't. Um, if you caught those rains over the weekend or recently, you might be in very good shape. If you're in, uh, say, parts of Kansas or Oklahoma or maybe Nebraska or uh, there's certainly dry areas elsewhere, uh, you may not be in good shape. So uh, highly variable in terms of rains here recently. Large money managers or the funds were net buyers of corn and soybeans in the week ending August 2nd. CFTC had its weekly commitment of traders report out on Friday. Uh, in that week, funds were net buyers of 15,000 contracts of corn. They were net buyers of 17,000 contracts of soybeans, net sellers of 4,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So this is as of last Tuesday's close, 118,000 to the long side is the, is the net long in the corn market. That's a modest net long historically. This is not an extreme net long. 100,000 in soybeans is more modest. It's not extreme. And uh, short 19,000 contracts of SRW wheat, that's kind of a modest net short. So we don't really have any extreme positioning here in terms of managed money. USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASD report on Friday. I'll talk about this in a little bit more detail later in the week with some estimates and all that stuff. I think the U.S. corn and soybean production estimates and, and the yield numbers in particular are probably your big ticket items here. Those are the things that the traders are going to look at first, and then you'll look at any adjustment to the U.S. demand estimates in addition to global supply and demand changes. I think the trade is especially interested in the EU, uh, Europe. Uh, corn crop estimate. They've had some severe heat and drought there. That estimate's going to come down in all likelihood. Uh, also, any changes to Ukraine, Russia, that sort of thing. So uh, anything is is up for uh, a change or eligible for a change in this report. And we'll talk about it a little bit more as the report approaches. Now, we are seeing some more U.S. corn and soybean crop estimates emerge ahead of that report. Well-followed group IHS market pegged the U.S. corn yield at 176.9. USDA is at 177. So they're not too far below uh, USDA. They've got the soybean yield at 51.8, which is actually above USDA's most recent estimate at 51.5. I'm sure a lot of you guys have an issue with that number and believe it's too high. But you know what? Farm Futures Magazine had their reader survey, and they said the same thing about soybeans better than USDA. They've got the soybean yield at 52.5 uh, bushels per acre, and they've got the corn yield down at 174.8. So uh, Farm Futures and, and their reader survey, not as optimistic in regard to corn, but apparently very optimistic in regard to soybeans. That uh, 52.5 in soybeans, that farm futures estimate, that would be a new record uh, U.S. yield if confirmed. The prior record was, I believe, 51.9 from 2016. Uh, we will see some more pre-report estimates here during the next few days from some of these private groups. The U.S. unemployment rate has matched a 50-year low. We had our jobs report out on Friday. Non-farm payrolls increased by a whopping 528,000. The expectation was near 258, so we more than doubled the uh, uh, pre-report expectation in, in terms of jobs added. Unemployment rate fell to 3.5%, which is tied for the lowest since 1969. Uh, we were also at 3.5% during late 2019 and early 2020. Some analysts were very, very quick to note, of course, that an 11-month recession began in December of 1969, the last time uh, we had a 3.5% unemployment rate uh, prior to 2019 or 2020. Uh, this is kind of like a good news equals bad news situation to some degree because the Fed will look at this and they'll say, okay, the jobs market is is fantastic. So we absolutely have the green light for additional rate hikes. And that's probably what you're going to see in September. Ukrainian grain shipments continue. Two more ships carrying corn and soybeans left Ukrainian ports today. 
Reuters reporting that 10 ships in total have now sailed under this new deal with Russia. A third port is now up and running. You've got some other Ukraine-Russia headlines floating around. The two countries trading accusations of shelling near Europe's largest nuclear plant over the weekend. I don't know, guys, if this story even matters in regard to the grain markets anymore. I mean, I'm just I'm, it matters because it, it is a big deal on the balance sheets, all this grain that had been stuck in Ukraine. But at the same time, I'm not seeing like the day to day uh, market movement based on the headlines. You pull up a wheat chart. Here's your your September SRW wheat chart. So they signed the deal like here on July 22nd. I mean, we've done nothing but just trade sideways. And we had given back all of these, you know, invasion related gains uh well before this deal was signed. So I don't know how much we're trading this anymore. I don't know how much it matters. I mean, the headlines are certainly interesting. And and I know this has been a big story and continues to be a big story, but is it moving the market on a day-to-day basis anymore? I would say probably not. That would be my personal opinion. Maybe other people uh, would view that differently. August uh, soybean futures expire on Friday. Make sure you take a look at any remaining open positions there. Uh, Cash cattle traded 135 to 136 in the south last week, 143 to 147 in the north. In the outside markets, the U.S. dollar is just a little bit lower. The S&P is up 20 points. The Dow's up 140. Bonds are up. Gold's up five bucks. Crude oil is down a dollar at 88 bucks, even in the September WTI. Crude's been awfully soft here. Everybody have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you guys Tuesday morning.